I mean, just to kind of, I guess, thinking about everything holistically, right? Like, I think that as people, we are, um, or some people, not all people, I think some people are more uh, apt to critique rather than to celebrate. And so we're looking for opportunities to make a person look how we think they should look or make a person act how we think they should act, you know, versus celebrating the diversity that God has created, you know, between, you know, that person and me yeah. um, and celebrating that. Like um, there's there's just a, a, a disconnect that society has said that's OK and yeah. it's not OK. Yeah. Like there needs to be some type of intentionality where we put down our guard and we put down our preferences and we start to. Though they are different, we start to celebrate the differences that God has created amongst sure. people, you know, and not just look to critique and try to make them assimilate to our culture or assimilate to our, our ideologies and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. So for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Multi-Ethnic Gospel Approach Podcast, where we cover all things multi-ethnic. What's up, good people? Welcome back to the Mega Podcast, where we get to discuss all things multi-ethnic and focus on gospel-centered diversity. That's right. I'm here with my guy, Micah Gaston, our campus pastor here at Three Circle Midtown. And uh, yep. yeah, I'm going to kick it off to him. Uh, but before we do that, I want to encourage you, if this is your first time tuning in or if you're a returning uh, uh, watcher or listener, hey, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you can follow all of the content that we have. And uh, we want to stay connected with you. Make sure you comment in the comment section and let us know what you think. All right. And so without further ado, uh, Micah Gaston. I yep. just said your whole government name. Shona, that was it. <laughs> Thought I was in trouble there for me. Like, yes, mom. What? <laughs> you had to say my middle name. Then you knew this one. Oh, it was man. You about is, to get real. Is, never mind. I about to get real. Right <laughs> uh, I'm gonna find it out later. All right, uh, yeah, man. So what you got, man? So yeah, man. We've had that. We've had the opportunity over the past couple of conversations to dig into what does what do multi ethnic relationships look like? What do cross cultural relationships look like? Yeah. Uh, and so because I think a lot of people. Like I know there's conversations you and I have had, mm -hmm. conversations we have had with other Christians from all across the the U.S. Um, that that want to be more engaged in a diverse life. Sure. But yet there's ambiguity on the roadmap of what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Like what does what does it look like for me to begin to pop that bubble of me living within a cultural contingency of what is normal and people that are like me culturally to getting outside of that yeah. but yet they're they're intimidated about well how does that happen how do i yeah. do that how do i avoid some of those weird awkward moments which by the way you can't totally avoid those it's going to happen yeah come on so now. so how do we equip them for that yeah to say that's okay because mm -hmm. um, in any relationship where it matters there's not always going to be total agreement on things. Yeah. So that's not the that's not the problem, right? That's not. I learned mm -hmm. very early on in my marriage, right? That come on, man. Um, that it wasn't my parents never argued. It's just they had a healthy thing they never did in front of me, mm -hmm. right? So when they never disagreed, yeah, it was just they they had those things. Where they came got on the same page to where whenever they were in front of us, there was a unified front, right? Yeah. But yeah. they had those conversations to make sure their convictions yeah. where there need to be, you know, concessions or whatever, they get on the same page. And so mm -hmm. any relationship that matters is going to have those, right? That's cool. Those man. conversations of yeah. saying, 
hey, this relationship matters. Absolutely. This thing matters that we're talking about. So let's seek understanding. Right. I think that's really cool, too, because just in in general, like that whole concept of not arguing in front of the kids or not arguing in a public setting is an attitude of honor or a consideration of honor. Because I don't want to make you look bad, and I don't want you to make me look bad. For sure. You know, and we represent one another. That's right. And so in this thing that we call kingdom culture, as you and I have talked about, um, that should be the aim. We shouldn't want to make our brother or sister uh, look dishonorable That's in right. any way or fashion. And so we ought to be having those hard conversations, um, you know, in a private setting yeah. to where we can at least gain understanding that way, you know, we can really have a unified front um, and not to front because that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Not to fake, not to be fake, but to be honorable to our brother and sister yeah. or those who we are, you know, doing a, a life with. That's right. So, yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people, um, to be honest, when it comes to some of these controversial issues, um, they're more interested in making a, a point on social media to condemn someone for what they're doing, the effort they're making in an area. Like, for instance, uh, I'm not going to name names or exactly how this happened, but I had a person who had done some coaching with our our campus in a multi-ethnic fashion whenever all the things were happening back when Ahmaud Arbery was killed, uh, George Floyd and others. There's a lot of things happening nationally. I recorded a video encouraging white evangelicals and Mm -hmm. black evangelicals in settings where they were in those normal environments where that was majority culture to listen, particularly me as a white evangelical speaking into the people yeah. that are white evangelical saying, let's listen, let's seek understanding, let's say less and at least seek to understand yeah. in these conversations who, who really just disagree with you know the, the where I basically just taken where Paul deals with Peter and Galatians and said, look, this issue of race of ethnicity is a gospel issue. Mm-hmm. It's not something we can act like it's unimportant. Right. Um, but just kind of um, gave me this this kind of review or whatever on, on Facebook. So, look, mm-hmm. let's talk, you yeah. know. And then whenever uh, finally I was able to get a hold of him three or four yeah. days later, mm-hmm. right, um, gave no solutions to his critique he gave to mm-hmm. me. And so he wanted to confront me about how I was not addressing these issues yeah. correctly. Yeah. But yet, no constructive criticism mm. and help of a way forward. Yeah. So that was a note to me. Yeah. Um, that he's just an antagonist. Yeah, right. We have a lot, a lot of, of Christian of antagonists out there. They like <laughs> to antagonize, and I've had multiple other conversations with the racial reconciliation groups and others where people will call me out on social media about something. Mm-hmm. And it's not about me. It's not about that. I'm just sure. giving examples. Yeah. But then, whenever, and I don't, I don't have the argument there. Yeah. I say I'd love to meet face to face. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this. I'll dialogue with them, um, you know, in a private message where just yeah. he, uh, the, he, myself, he or she, we're able to dialogue about it. Yeah. Because the goal for me is not an argument. The goal is a conversation to seek understanding, even if we agree to disagree. For sure. Is there a brother or sister in Christ or their person made in the image of God For sure. who deserves a dialogue not to be shouted at via social media? Yeah, absolutely. And I believe the church has lost some credibility because mm. we have too many people that are interested in throwing stones rather than sitting at tables and having conversations yeah. with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think a lot of times, I mean, just to kind of, I guess, thinking about everything holistically, right? Like, I think that as people, we are, um, or some people, not all people, I think some people are more uh, apt to critique 
rather than to celebrate. And so we're looking for opportunities to make a person look how we think they should look or make a person act how we think they should act, you know, versus celebrating the diversity that God has created, you know, between, you know, that person and me. Yeah. Um, and celebrating that. Like um, there's there's just a, a, a disconnect that society has said that's OK and yeah. it's not OK. Yeah. Like there needs to be some type of intentionality where we put down our guard and we put down our preferences and we start to, though they are different, we start to celebrate the differences that God has created amongst sure. people, you know, and not just look to critique and try to make them assimilate to our culture or assimilate to our, our ideologies and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. So for sure. Yeah. And that's where we started out this whole process of uh, of looking at this roadmap of, first of all, connecting with somebody that's different. If you've never really done that, and you're living in a, a, a a bubble of normalcy to which everybody looks like you, thinks like you, votes like you, yeah. getting outside of that, yeah. then understanding some of those dynamics of difference. Mm-hmm. Then that next step of of celebrating. Yeah. And that's where we're kind of landing, you know, today to talk about it a little bit. And celebration means, and I, I love how you just loaded on the words, it means you step beyond the caricatures of a person's culture. Yeah. Come to on. know the person who is in that culture. Yeah. Because that's we good. all, we all, no matter what our cultural background, can name things that are the straw men of that culture, right? Mm. Uh, of the music they listen to or food they like. Or, and some of those things exist for a reason. They're not bad. Yeah. And some, But some of them obviously are. Some of them obviously are. Indeed. Um, Indeed. Because every culture has rich, diverse elements, some that are beautiful and some that are broken. Yeah. Uh, and so obviously the negative ones are the ones that are broken yeah. that we can see from the outside. Um, but hey, uh, that always works two ways, right? You know, like they always said, you know, the finger you're pointing, there's four pointing back at you. Come on now. So it's that's, always that's, easier to see elementary right there, right? Uh, <laughs> Watson, and then how it goes. Uh, so um, it's always easier for you being outside of a cultural bubble, yeah, to see the weaknesses of another culture, yeah, while being relatively uh, unaware of your own. Because again, like Aristotle said. If we're the fish, then the, the culture's our water. Mm. We don't know until we get outside of that norm mm-hmm. that we begin to feel uncomfortable. While we're yeah. in that, it's like, oh, well, this feels good. Mm-hmm. Not often sometimes identifying, well, what makes this comfortable to me? What makes this yeah. water my kind of water? Yeah. You know, and so. Um, great questions to ask. Yeah, self-awareness, yeah. right? Absolutely. Which is a huge part of this journey. Yeah. If we're going to really be a diverse church mm-hmm. that follows Jesus yeah. while having cultural differences, then we need to know what our cultural distinctives are. We need to know Facts. what my normal is. Facts. If I'm yeah. going to know what is abnormal, then I need to identify what's normal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. and so I think celebrating, you know, has to, means that we begin to uh, understand. Well, why does someone feel that way? If yeah. this is a cultural norm that I've identified, there is a yeah. character that exists of the culture mm-hmm. in, in this way. Yeah. Well, well, why is that there? Let me understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and be able to lean into that. And I don't have to become that. I don't have to assimilate to that cultural norm. Yeah. But I can seek to understand it. Why? Because it's honoring. And there's understanding there. There could be celebration there. Yeah. Of you know, I don't. I don't have to uh, begin to uh, to love. Um, you know, dressing in a certain way as a cultural norm for a person, mm-hmm. uh, and assimilate to that. I can just yeah. seek understanding. Right. Um, you know, I don't have to begin eating a certain type of food. I can seek understanding, right? Yeah. Or a certain type of music. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so let me give a few for instances. Because I think for some people, are like all these things seem to be pretty simple and uh, kind of elementary. So here's a few. So that are common cultural distinctions, right? Okay. We can unpack a little bit. So one is individual versus a group culture. 
Um, so by and large, Western culture tends to be very individualistic. Okay. That means that we are focused not upon family honor and reputation as much as we are individual accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so sometimes Westerners coming from a culture where we don't understand how a person coming from another culture um, may make decisions not just based upon his or her career, uh, or how his or her friends may accept it, yeah. but based upon mom and dad's thoughts about profession or mm. friendship or actions or lack of action or yeah. those sort of things because they see their decisions in life based upon how this is going to affect my family name, not just how this is going to influence me as a person. Mm. Um, and that's, so that's good. I got a question though. Like, sure. Why, why do you think that is like, why do we, why are we so focused on our own, you know, individual, um, accomplishments and success and, you know, um, our perceived, uh, success sure. from a public standpoint versus honoring, you know, our family name and, you know, where we come from. Like, because I do, I do agree that is it tends to be the the norm for Western culture, um, and specifically here, like you know, in the states, sure. right? And so I'm wondering why that is, because at some point I feel like there there was a time when, as a as a nation, and uh, yeah, as a nation, that we were you know very family driven, yeah. but that we've drifted away from that in a lot sure. of ways. So why do you think that is? Well, I, I don't. I mean, as with anything that's extremely, um, you know broad you know that affects all of culture you know i, I don't think that it's one thing um so i'm, I'm not going to say this is an exhaustive answer sure. i do think there are some major linchpins to it um so part of it is i think that the u.s when you think about um history as a whole yeah is a relatively new nation yeah true we think about it That's good. but it's not only a new nation it's a new nation that is a collective of other nations mm-hmm. right it's been called a melting pot mm-hmm. of other cultures yeah and so the U.S., and there's a lot of, you know, documentation, both documentaries and written stuff about the, um, you know, the Industrial Revolution and all that, where the U.S. became an economic superpower, mm. that a lot of that was, no matter what, what country you're from or your language of origin or people of origin, it really was like phrases like, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, mm-hmm. where it really was people making America. There's even things yeah. out there about that, right? Yeah. About how people achieved to get to a place. So it wasn't necessarily about your country or people of origin. Mm-hmm. It was about your performance, mm. what you brought to the table. Okay. Uh, and so I think that there's that. Uh, that came in play where there were so many people that came here, so many people with just the clothes on their back. Yeah. Coming to America, there was a land of opportunity to make something. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, and so it wasn't as much about where these longstanding um, communities uh, where names and families had been there for hundreds of years, right? You think about mm-hmm. back to ancient England uh, and all those things were based upon a name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I give you, for instance, watching that old movie, Heath Up, Ledger, uh, Ledger movie, whenever he's the knight, right? Mm-hmm. And he has to have like four generations worth of royalty. Wow. Right? Yeah. The, his patents. Yeah. Well, you have those ancient historical roots where people were much more tied to a place for hundreds of years. Like, we've always been here. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my father's 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 father. I mean, think right. about it, even back to biblical times. Yeah. You get like in the genealogy of Matthew right here in the Christmas for season. Sure. Yeah. Right? And it's saying 14 generations, mm-hmm. right? These are my people. You know what I mean? Like, so, so I think, um, so I think you've uprooted from that. 
yeah. when you're playing it here in the U.S. Yeah. So like you're separated from this heritage, mm. and now it's all on what is this generation going right. to do? Right. You know. Yeah. And so I think that's part of it. Just that you know, okay. it's a melting pot of where everybody said it doesn't matter who your granddaddy was because yeah. you're not in Italy anymore. You're not right. in China anymore. You're here. You're here. And what are you going to do? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that that's part of it. Yeah. Um, I do think that part of what you know. Um, that what you're we're seeing now of so much of the individualism, um, part of it has to do with kind of a uh, a deconstructing of the family as part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Not to get too deep into that, and you know, for sake of what we're focusing in on this podcast, but I think that the the um, of defining um, the a cultural segment as the individual mm-hmm. is what's most important and predominant, yeah. rather than families being the subset of what gives birth to the individual. Okay. Um, I think I think that that's been very destructive to where we have we have begun to define the the public good of us within a culture yeah. based upon individual rights uh, rather than promoting an environment to where um, the next generation is protected because mm. one is an issue of succeeding the other is an issue of providing a, an environment. To where those um, that cannot protect themselves or speak for themselves, uh, uh, we make provision to make sure that we bring them into the the kind of world that is an environment which they can thrive. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, good. And so I think so. I mean, there, and, and, and hey, there's there's a thousand other things that I think pour into that that have happened over the past hundred years a nation. Yeah, but I do think you know those are some of the things, both culturally and historically, that pour into more of an individualistic approach versus a family honor tradition approach where in those nations, frankly, still exist for some families. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're a thousand years into this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And and they got the money in the bank and house all across the country to prove it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, um, yeah. And we see that in different cultures here, you know, even still today, like you said, um, because Haitian culture is is very much like that. Oh, yeah. Um, Chinese culture is still very much like that. Um, Quite a bit about the Indian culture here um, in the States is still like that and and so forth and so on, right? And And, and, And black culture. And all those are, you know, not Western cultures, right? Right. All yeah, right. True, those are true, Eastern true. and yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so very much so. And yeah. so you've got this 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 cultural norm that's functioning. And that's mm-hmm. part of what we're dealing with the struggle in our country now. Yeah. Is we're dealing with the unseating of the Western historical norm mm. because of the merger of other worldviews. Right. Right? Right. Absolutely. Uh, where a lot of other, like you said, ma- majority yeah. or uh, uh cultures or minority cultures that are now beginning more to be part of the main line of what our culture is. Yeah. Are coming from more of a uh, collective identity yeah. than a personal identity. Come on, right? Yeah. So that's one of them. That is an obvious tension point. I feel that. I feel um, but that. then there's also like a um, uh, a difference in uh, in kind of like an equality or hierarchy mindset. Okay. You know, um, where where some people growing up in an environment where it simply uh, for them was never acceptable under any circumstance. To publicly question authority, mm. just like that was that was the taboo of taboos, mm-hmm. uh, and to where uh, again the more Western you believe it right, the more Western um, approach to that has often been, um, you know, basically you, you you can check you can check whomever whenever yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. uh, and so and so there are going to be some environments where some people that grew up in an environment where that was the taboo of taboos, that it doesn't matter what you say or do in a meeting as a leader, mm-hmm. they are not going to speak out in that context. Right. 
Right. They're just not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, or much less, you know, even, um, you know, in the sense of the U.S. culture being majority white for a very long time, where many, uh, many people that are coming from a background of a different cultural norm, yeah. um, do not feel um, permission to. And, and let me just clarify here: it's not an issue of equality; it's just an issue of precedence. Mm-hmm. Do not feel permission to engage a leader on that level in a public setting, for sure. Um, because most rooms they've been in, right? They have they have been outnumbered. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so, and so they feel like, and, and and they may have, they may have total freedom, you know, doing that in a private context. Yeah. Would not do it in a public context. Now, that's, again, I'm not saying what's right. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying what can be the norm based upon exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think so, that's, yeah. that's 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 a really cool point because culturally, for some people, if they speak out um, and it's not a cult- cultural norm for them and they get reprimanded for it, then it tends to be a bit of a, um, uh, it's shameful, sure. you know, for their family, for their culture, because a lot of people, to include black culture, um, you know, when we're the minorities in the room, you know, we're, we're trying our best to not only represent ourselves, but our families and our culture, sure. you know, just because of the the opportunity that that's before us. And so yeah. I, I get it, man. I understand. I understand that, that piece of it. And it's very difficult um, to get outside of that. You know, you have to feel very comfortable. You have to be empowered in a sense by leadership in order to, to feel comfortable to speak up in those instances. But it is something that is an underlying obstacle, sure. you know, for, for many cultures in this particular, you know, um, space, you know, it, talking about the United States and, and so forth and so on. But yeah, I'm sorry. We got into a, into a bit of a tangent, but hey, it's, it's about celebrating, no. you know, just the, the the idea that people are different. People have different culture norms and understanding what those are, right, and understanding how do we navigate through that? How do we encourage people? How do we celebrate people? How do we do life with people effectively yeah. without bashing them for not being more like us? No, but I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's not a, it's not a tangent, though, I don't think. I mean, I think that is, that is definitely the, the idea there is, is to... You know, celebrating those differences and distinctions means yeah. uh, as a leader that if I have a different cultural norm from those on my team and my leadership team or at my church or whatever um, organization or entity I'm leading in, yeah. that celebration means rather than pushing uh, the organizational norm to be my norm mm-hmm. and understanding those different um, normal cultural practices yeah. to begin to say, well, you know, what other ways can I lead other than in this one, this one way um, that is handicapping other yeah. cultural approaches? For sure. Because um, what would the world be like, man, if we took the strongest parts of everyone's culture and we move forward with those things? Yeah. Like how awesome would, would it be? How beautiful sure. would that be? And I think that's what the gospel is wanting us to do as a people. Because Jesus' Jesus's whole mission was to reconcile us to one another and to reconcile us to God. Yeah. You know, thus love God, love people, right? And so I, I think it's a beautiful just just idea, and and Jesus has been fighting for, for it since the beginning. So, yeah. For sure. And I think, I think the beauty of that is that God made diversity, and God has given us the gift of creativity to form cultures. For sure. Uh, in yeah. which God allows people groups— to have this creative element in which them doing life together gives rise to That's forms so of music and forms of cooking and forms yeah. of dressing and forms of 
normal, uh, you know, normalcy mm-hmm. uh, that that are amazing. Not turkey dressing. He's talking about clothes, clothes, y'all. He's talking about you know actual attire. He, that's right. Dressing. Some people just went. To I mean, I know we just finished Thanksgiving, <laughs> and I know you just threw away those last leftovers. But I'm actually not talking about that kind of dressing. So well, you can take t- a deep breath. Well, by the time they 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 see this, if they still got Thanksgiving leftovers, I feel bad for them. That's true. You know, that, that's, that's just nasty. Throw throw that food away. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Maybe you're getting out of the freezer. Maybe you just love dressing. Maybe. And God bless you in Jesus' name. Just throw you know, it enjoy away, that dressing. Jesus. Just throw it away. <laughs> just throw it away. So yeah, the um, you know, there there are um. All those things are are God given, um, creation instituted, beautiful things about how God has designed human thriving, mm-hmm. and I think part of what underpins us being able to do this multicultural thing means that we have a diverse enough theological foundation yeah. that we understand in God's creation of the human race, mm-hmm. God created a multiplicity of ethnicities. Now, now we, we talk about language falling at the Tower of Babel. That's one element. But mm. culture has always existed. Yeah. And culture moves and ebbs and flows in different people groups. Yeah. Now, language is one expression of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the only expression of that. Yeah. So culture is not a fallen element, right? Mm. Uh, God subdivided yeah. uh, people groups because they rebelled against the glory of God, yeah. right? You can go do your own, you know, research and dig out there the Tower of Babel. But yeah. the problem was they wanted to reach God and be on an equal status with God. The problem mm-hmm. was not a diversity of people gathering together. Yeah. The problem was people um, uh, trying to usurp God's position. Yeah, for sure. Um, because God made uh, the diversity that is right. Yeah. Um. And so and after each and every part of that, including human beings made in the image of God, God said, it is good. Yeah, man. It is good. It's so good. Um, and, and everything falls underneath that. The diversity yeah. God's included. Gender, all of that falls into that. God sure. could have created one gender. He created two. Come on now. All of those things fall into the positive sense in which God uh, enjoys and reflects his glory in which he created uh, a variety of things that the same God cool. uh, that made uh, that made the uh, the beautiful birds that fly and have all these ornate colors mm-hmm. uh, also made the nasty little fleas that you know mm-hmm. jump around like uh, <laughs> all of those things you know right. what I mean uh, right. from the things that we celebrate and things we're like why did God make that right, right. like one day we get to have one like God why'd you make a flea yeah. I, don't, I don't get it but you know I don't understand uh, the purpose of a fly yet right <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it that's right there's songs about fly, it, right shoe fly so don't bother me right, right? um. So, so God created diversity, and yeah. culture is part of that. It's an yeah. expression of that. Uh, and so, the only reason why we should condemn another person's culture is not preference, but rather based upon does it cause us to disobey Jesus, mm. right? Because that gospel unity says we are one people yeah. redeemed through the life and resurrection of our risen King. Yeah. And whenever a cultural norm supersedes obeying Jesus, it's then sin. Yeah. Otherwise, we have Absolutely. no basis biblically yeah. to condemn another culture as uh, is not good Yeah. because then it's a question of cultural inferiority Come on uh, and preference. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, so, and so the problem is, uh, a problem for us in the church is yeah. we sometimes can condemn a cultural difference mm-hmm. and try to make as if it's a gospel difference. Yeah. And it's only a gospel difference that says... My culture says it's okay for me to do this. Mm-hmm. When the gospel says, nope, it's not okay. Come on now. 
Uh, and so whenever we're able to do that, to say, okay, we yeah. can follow Jesus in our cultural lanes um, because we're obeying Jesus uh, in a way within the people group that God has made us to be. For sure. Honoring God and cultures in a beautiful way. And at the core of it, like that, in order for us to do that, it has to be relational. It can't be something that's just, you know, cold and something that's um, unintentional, but we have to work at it. And I love the way you even started off, you know, this discussion talking about it being a road map, because whenever you see a map, it it implies that there's a journey that has to take place. Yeah. And so this is a journey. It's not, you know, a, a quick stop. It's not a it's not a uh, just something that's going you're going to snap your fingers or, or click your heels twice and just be there. Uh, it's definitely something you're going to have to, you know, walk. I walk through, run through some of it. You know, you're going to have to sit and and dwell in certain spaces, you know, for a length of time to really understand. And that's okay. It's a part of this great opportunity that we have to connect with other people, Um, whether, you know, they're in another state, whether they're in your neighborhood, whether they're in your church, whether they're in your, uh, you know, at your workplace. You know, it's an opportunity to do life with people who don't. Again, think like you. Who don't vote like you? That's right. Who don't um, Who don't like the same things that you like? Um, as far right. as it, 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 them checking all um, all the boxes on the list of the things that you like. So yeah. we have to understand that this is work. This yeah. is, and it's okay. It's a part of 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 why God created us, so that we can press press on with one another and and be unified. That's right. In His gospel. That's you know, right. and, and this this beautiful thing that he's given us. And so I just want to encourage you again, if you've been watching this whole time, thank you so much for staying tuned. Um, we want you to hit that subscribe button. We want you to hit the notification bell. We want you to comment. We want you to share your thoughts um, and share this content with um, all of your friends, all of your friends, all of those who may be interested in figuring out, man, how do I begin to get outside of my bubble, my box? Uh, that it that seems to be one dimensional. How do I get out of, outside of that and start to live multi dimensional, multi uh, a multi ethnic, uh, gospel centered um, type of lifestyle? Um, where do I begin? How do I start? What are the things that I need to know going into this new walk, this new journey? You know, uh, of of man, this multi ethnic journey yeah that's the best i I have right there but anywho yes if that's you just share it with them or if you know somebody like that share it with them and hey you know it's a resource you know it's a resource for you it's a resource for us we get to look back at this content and be reminded of just the goodness of god but also man what god has called us to and so uh we're not just uh uh, preaching to you but this is for us too you know this is stuff that we're living and we're learning we're actively living and actively learning this stuff so with that being said we love you guys pastor micah man you did an awesome job man appreciate it man you know what i'm saying it's a good it's a good uh uh, I think conversation that hopefully is really, really helpful. Yeah. Let me just try to see if I can load it onto one sentence. Let's go. Uh, so what we tend to do is to be to carry out cultural replication. Mm. The minute our kids are born and our families, we're passing on to them what is normal. This conversation of celebration is not replication. It's appreciation, right? It's saying, let me understand what's different about your culture. And the goal is not to replicate that you become like my culture. It's simply to understand the uniqueness of your culture and be like, and that's beautiful. That's beautiful that that's that that is your norm. That that's how this came, and that's why you practice this. That's good. And seeking that understanding to say, man, uh, it, it expands your horizons of saying, wow, 
there's a different approach to this, right? There's a different thought process. Because often issues of culture are not black and white, they're gray. So instead of arguing over the shades, let's seek understanding. Right? Well, you have just been signed off by none other than Micah the Revelator. <laughs> Deuces, y'all. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Mega Podcast. Next time on Mega Podcast. Anything that's worth having takes hard work, right? Come on, man. So any relationships where there's real trust takes real investment over the mm. long haul. Yeah. That's probably not going to happen over that first lunch meeting, <laughs> our first coffee meeting. Right. Or maybe the 10th or 15th for that matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, like those those lifelong friends you have, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't happen overnight, you know. Yeah. So so don't expect like the the um, the uh, the microwave version of relationships, right. you know. Yeah, uh, that only think, happens in a ninety minute movie, come right? On, <laughs> come <laughs> so, on, man. In real life, <laughs> well, see, like I think that some people just you know they're expecting, you know, well we expect oftentimes because I've been guilty of it too. Sure, yeah, it's like too. you know if we don't if we don't click right away, yeah, then sure. it's almost like well uh, that's not worth pursuing. Yeah, but that's such a a very um, um, ungodly way to look at that. That's true, man. Because, man, just think about all the times God has pursued you and you and God didn't click right away. What if you would have stopped pursuing? You better preach.